Are you our being on a budget? This is the RV Life Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Hunt, with my incredible wife, Patty Hunt. And we are enjoying the journey. Today's guest, well, they're going to teach us some tips and tricks so you can enjoy the journey too, but on a budget. Being full-time RVers, being on a budget is certainly key to us. So I'm excited to get some more tips on how to do that. Yeah, you know, being on a budget is something that I'm going to be honest with my listeners or our listeners today. I hate budgets. <laughs> well, we all need them. Yes, I, I, I do think it is something that we really, really need to follow. And we are doing much better this year than we have in past years. You know, talking about this year, uh, we spent the winter in Florida and it was beautiful. We had good weather almost all the time. And our plan right now is to head up to New England and see all the beauties of New England. Or maybe it's Yellowstone we're going to go to. We love to plan and we do some of it, but then we change those plans. So we'll call it a current thought. Yes, we do have uh, that current thought thing going on. And if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, uh, that would be, I think, episode 28 was last week's podcast. You really want to take a minute and listen to that podcast because we talked to a gentleman that owns not one, not two, not three, but four campgrounds. Three of them are right in and around Yellowstone. And we can't stop talking and thinking about it. So I think it's something that we might really, really be considering. And that was, let me just say, episode 27, and it was May 3rd, just to make sure you could find that episode. Yeah, it, it was really, really, really something. Well, that sounds means it's time for today's fun fact. And what is our fun fact today, Patty? So in Camper Report article, I looked at camping fees, what the average range of camping fees were for last year. And they really range in price anywhere from about $35 to $200 plus. So it's a huge range with the most expensive as of right now being Disney's Fort Wilderness. And that could be as high as $226. That might break the budget. $226 is a lot of money, but it's Disney. It's Mickey. It's and I'll tell you what, you know what? A couple of years ago, we were there with our family, not not Fort Wilderness. We were at this is before we hit the RV lifestyle, by the way. We were at Disneyland for a week or two. Disney World. Disney World for a week or two with our family. And, uh, you know, I, I talked Patty into getting on the boat and going over to Fort Wilderness and walking around and just just kind of having a good time. We had a great day that afternoon just walking around Fort Wilderness. It was great. And I will tell you, we are going to budget to stay at Disney's Fort, Fort Wilderness. It'll be part of the budget for, I hope 2023, we'll be able to get that in there. Now, I, I do have to say that that 226, that's their highest peak point. I did see some rates down as low as about $135 a night at 
uh, Disney, but that's in the middle of the summertime. So anyway, you, you do want to like plan those kind of things way out in advance. You know, when, when we talk about campground fees from 35 to 175, um, you know, we've stayed in some $35 campgrounds. Uh, we've stayed in some $125 campgrounds, but you know, we really love the clubs, thousand trails, harvest host, passport America. We don't hide it. We, we primarily stay in thousand trails and we pay our fee. So our night to night camping there, whenever we get an invoice from them, it says zero. Right. So what he's saying is we pay our membership fees. And at the end, when I sign in for two or three weeks to go to a campground, it then tells me you're, you owe zero. And I love that because we like saving money on the campgrounds so we could go do more exploring. Harvest Host is great too. You pay their yearly fee and then you can go to, uh, I don't even know how many different destinations they have. And that's pretty much free. Now stay tuned to the RV Life podcast because we're talking with them right now to get somebody from Harvest Host to come on to the RV Life podcast and tell us all things Harvest Host and talk to us about Harvest Host. Looking forward to that one as well. Now, you know, we met the people over at Passport America. We really enjoyed spending time with them as well. And that again, there's a fee for the year and I can't remember the current rate. So I'm not stating current rates. There are a lot of people out there that have discount codes. So you might want to look for that. And then there's places, campgrounds across the country, and they give you various discounts as much as 50% sometimes. So some of these clubs are great. Find the ones that fit, you know, what you're doing, your kind of activity, what kind of camping you want to do. Harvest Host is great. I got to go back to it because of the unique places. That's the big thing. And that's what we want to talk about on our podcast. Now, our guest today, they are Thousand Trails members. They are Harvest Host members, and they are going to talk to us about finding campgrounds, finding camp experiences on a budget, and they have a great time doing it. So we have that coming up on the RV Life podcast right after this. National Indoor RV Centers with over 1,000 motorhomes available across multiple locations. National Indoor RV Centers continues to provide an outstanding hassle-free motorhome ownership experience. National Indoor is the number one Newmar dealer in the nation and also features brands like Integra, Winnebago, and much more. Visit nirvc.com and become a part of the National Indoor RV Center's family. The most important part of your RV is the roof. If your roof leaks, your trip and your RV get ruined. You can take it to a dealership or service center to be maintained at their expensive rates. Or you can maintain it yourself over a weekend for a fraction of the cost. Liquid Rubber RV roof products will keep you dry and leak free. Visit shopliquidrubber.com slash rvlife. Use coupon code rvlife pod 15 off to save 15%. That's shopliquidrubber.com slash RV life. They had no idea what they were doing when they sold everything and hit the road. They've now been on the road for just about three years and have parlayed their experience 
to help other people get started on a budget. They have a contagious positive attitude and outlook for life. And yes, they are just plain fun people. We have Beth and Court from Life with Beth and Court with us. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. You've never made not knowing what you're doing sound so fun, Dan. Thank you. (laughs) I know, right? He's got a knack for that. So we're going to talk today about RVing and finding really great places to go on a budget. Okay, guys, your your website is Life with Beth and Court, full-time living on a budget. Okay, what's the budget? How's the budget work? And does everybody need a budget? Oh my gosh, I'm not talking the numbers. Oh so man. You're going to take that part. Oh man, Dan, I'm so excited to answer. A number 1, yes, everybody needs a budget. And we actually use a software called You Need a Budget. And it's called YNAB for short. Um, and we use this uh, software. It's, a, it's an online SaaS platform. We use this to, when we first had this crazy idea, this is the software that we use that we're like, let's run the numbers and let's see if this is possible um, by, by looking at the income that we have and knowing that one of us, you know, Court at the time was going to need to quit her job and go full time with life with Beth and Court. And we were like, let's run the numbers and see if this is possible. And having a budget, let us jump into the RV lifestyle with confidence. That's awesome. And Dan and I, when we started out, we were kind of on a shoestring budget. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it was tough finding places to go and campgrounds. And I find on social media, a lot of people are asking the same question. So I was so excited after our hour and a half conversation together the other day to have you guys on to, you know, help our RV life audience kind of uh, figure this out a little bit. There are a lot of people that want to get out there. But before we jump in, tell us a little bit about who you guys are. Who are we? Well, I, I feel like it's going to fall short after Dan's intro, but we are <laughs> Beth and Court. And so we are in our mid-30s and we are just traveling across the country full time. And we kind of had um, past lives or what they we refer to it as what we did before RV living, because it was a very different life at that time. So we met both working at our local YMCA. Um, we did not like each other at first. <laughs> Eventually, clearly oh. now we're married. So something changed. And Beth has a background in marketing. And my background is actually in early childhood education. So we were serving roles that were very respective to both of those things before we hit the road. And I don't know, we just like to have fun. We like adventure and we'd like to go exploring. Yeah. So the, the way that we got into the RV life is um, one morning we were talking about how we hated that we always had to use all of our PTO and all of our money just to get to see our family and friends just for quick stints on the holidays. And we thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could just stay as long as we wanted? Yeah. And Court was like, well, what if we just go? And I was like, go where? And she was like, let's just go and not come back. Like, I think that's a thing. Do people do that? And you, I remember specifically where we were. We had just bought a house in Traverse City, Michigan. We had not even had it two years. We had put about 
how much money in renovations? About fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand dollars in. We painted everything. We made it modern, and then we kind of were feeling like, well, now what? Like, what? What do people do after they get a house? And we've done all of these upgrades. And you were doing the dishes, and I was making coffee, and I was like, I don't know. People do it. Let's just figure it out. And within an hour, we were pretty certain that we were going to make this happen. Yeah. So we sat down on the couch. We used our budgeting app, and I said, Babe. I think we can actually do this. Yeah. And then we called our realtor. Yeah. We and were like, hey, we're going to need to sell this thing. Yeah. Most realtors, I think, would be mortified that we had only had our house for a year and a half. But with our realtor, he knows we're like very fast moving. And if we feel really called to do something, we're going to do it. So I called and I was like, hey, Eric, um, I think we're going to sell our house now. Do you want to help us with that? And he was like, uh, sure. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> You know, that is a great story. And just I, I know a lot of the RV Life podcast listeners have heard our story, but l- l- let me just give you the nickel tour, which is very similar to your story. We were living in Las Vegas at the time, and I was actually uh, directing and producing a show at one of the big casinos on the strip. And we were closed down for COVID. And uh, uh, I went to a meeting with Caesars and Caesars said, well, it's going to be at least a year before we open our theaters. Even if everything's done, the insurance company wants at least a year buffer before we open up the theaters. So I called Patty into my office and I sat her down and I said, you know what, Patty, it's about time to do that. Let's sell everything. Let's sell the kids. Let's sell the dog. Let's sell the house. Let's, Let's sell, sell the, the kids. kids. <laughs> It's your time to shine. uh, It's our time. uh, I love that you called her into the office to have that conversation. (laughs) We had it at the kitchen table, but your office works as well. I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. So she she, she didn't think I was serious. She she looked at me and said. I just laughed. There was a blank look. And I just started laughing because I thought he was kidding. And then. uh, What a funny guy. yeah, he is. And he comes up with some crazy ideas. So it was like, oh, man, you're serious. And then all the questions. And it's like, you guys. Oh, man. Yeah. Four months. And we were on the road. I think they tell the same story. Yeah. It's once we make that yep. decision, it's, there's no sense in sitting around in the kitchen. Let's get there really that isn't. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's so, right. You know, one, of, one of the big things that I said, one of the big sales pitches that I gave to Patty is we will go out and we will hit every single one of the national parks. It'll be wonderful. (laughs) We are almost three years in just like you. And guess what? Our national parks are zero. Correct. (laughs) We are the same. Yeah, we're at zero as well. Yeah. And that, that includes having spent three or four months, literally 30 minutes from the Joshua Tree National Park. Yeah, we just we never do it. it. We still yeah. didn't do it. And I think it's so interesting, speaking of that. So we've had this conversation where one of the associations with RV life is that's what you're supposed to do, right? Like you're supposed to go see all of the beautiful things you saw on Pinterest or on Instagram. And like, we almost felt that we were doing it wrong because <laughs> we were like, it's so, it sounds so yeah. great to go see these places but we also one are on a budget so where we travel how quickly we travel Mm -hmm. all of that is determined based on our income so we as fun as it would be to you know just take off and go hit all of the national parks that wasn't feasible for us and so I felt like there's a little bit of 
guilt or shame when people would ask us that question. Um, it's one of those questions where you kind of like put your head down and you're like, well, we haven't really done that yet, but maybe someday we're on a budget. Well, it's also interesting because people ask like, where are you? And they're always really excited to get your answer. And sometimes you're like, uh, we're in Caldwell, Idaho. And they're like, where's that? I'm like, I don't know. It was on the route. There's a water park of potatoes. Yeah. That's what we're working with. That's awesome. And again, the story's the same for us. We would be planning that national uh, park and then we find something cool in the middle of chloride, Arizona that nobody knows about. And I felt like that too. I felt like we had a rush through. Let's hit everything we possibly can. Everything was really quick. And then I just felt like we needed to let go of that. Yeah, and you know, one of the other things, and I know this isn't really a big thing for the listeners out there, but you guys have a YouTube channel, and we're going to put a link to that down into the show notes. Uh, I think it's the same name, right? Life with Bethancourt? Yes. Is that correct? Uh, Okay, so you guys have a YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel exploring through our lens. We're actually not allowed to shoot in a national park. And I was actually told by a lawyer, we're not even allowed to go in to because we're we're doing it for profit we're not allowed to go in and take pictures of each other <laughs> oh no <laughs> kidding yeah so the, so oh, it, wow. it's kind of a very uh tough tough uh road to walk down with the national park situation so let, let's go back to the budget because i think that's your main thing is being on a budget that's kind of like what you guys look at all the time that's what patty yells at me about all the time so <laughs> how, how do you find things to do on a budget well that is a very good question because we also wondered this question when we first started out because we had never done it before, but we knew, we know ourselves. We know that we like food yeah, and we, <laughs> we, we, know, like food. we know that we like experiences. And so when we first looked at the, the budget and we were like, okay, well, we can afford the, you know, the regular recurring monthly costs, but then the variable costs come in and we're like, do we have an idea of what these will be? No, we don't. So we're going to have to jump into this lifestyle, figure it out, and then you know, along the way, it was really important to us that we didn't cut it out completely, getting to go to restaurants and try, you know, local foods and local experiences. Um, But then we started finding that you really can find a lot of things for free. And honestly, we've had a lot of really good times just exploring like parks, local parks in different small town America places or, you know, free events they have, parades. Like we found a lot of really great things just by getting to the location and then looking up events and things to do there. And to add on to that, we'll go through waves and seasons. So there will be some seasons where we're saving more money at our campgrounds. So we can put that money toward more experiences. Or on the opposite, we've been like, okay, we really need to cut back for this month. So let's look at the free events to do. And that was a really great point that Beth had. There's often a calendar or there's a website that you can go to and see all of the events. So we kind of follow where we want to be financially. And I will say the only exception to that was when we first started RV life, we wanted to do everything, (laughs) every single thing you could think of. We want to eat at every restaurant. We want to go to every amusement park. And so our budget data 
because we that's what we love about why now is we can go back and look at all of our trends what we spent over the years i will say the first year's pretty skewed um because we did we that's part of when you start rv life you know speaking to the listener, you feel like you have to do everything and you have to go fast and you don't want to miss it. But the reality is if this is your lifestyle, you can always go back. And it took us two years to figure that out. So in the beginning, we weren't as great about budgeting. We're like, oh, we'll just move it from this bucket and we'll figure it out. So I feel like we have a better balance now than when we first started. So much that and, and that resonates with Dan and I so much. We were looking at where we were spending money. We were just going out there trying to do everything all at one time, just like you guys. And we have found so many cool things in free or really inexpensive places, the cool little yeah. towns and those kinds of things. Now, we also realized in the beginning that most of our money was being spent on campgrounds because we haven't yeah. been to... You know, national parks, they cost money. So how do you look at campground and expenses and can people save money on campgrounds? Yeah, they definitely can. And, you know, one of the things that we heard a lot starting out was, well, just boondock. Just in, in, you know, for those listeners who don't know, (laughs) boondocking means, uh, you know, camping in your RV without hooking up to shore power electric without hooking up to water, without hooking up to sewer. And we're not meant for that. We're just going to put that out there. That is not our jam. Yeah. So like when people said that, when that was the go-to advice is like, oh yeah, if you want to save money, boondock, we tried it for a single night. (laughs) And I have, we have video footage of us calling every nearby hotel. I'm not even kidding. That that was that was a thing. So we quickly found out that um, boondocking is just not for us. Um, and part of that is because we both work full time, right? And so we need reliable. You know, our internet relies on the um, electric. We, I mean, if anyone has ever tried to empty their black or gray tanks in the middle of the day when you have a meeting coming up in 20 minutes, yeah. like it's just not practical when you're when you've got a full busy work schedule. Um, and so boondocking was just wasn't it for us. So we were trying to find other ways of saving money. And of course, there's RV memberships. Um, and the biggest one that saved us tons of money was Thousand Trails. And I know that a lot of full-time RVers know about Thousand Trails. And really what, what you know, when Court was talking about how we balance our budget based on the campground costs, right? So any month we were staying in a Thousand Trails network, we pay $0 nightly fees So speaking of, you know, Las Vegas, when we stayed in in Las Vegas for two weeks, because we were at a thousand trails campground, we were paying zero dollars nightly fees. We were paying zero dollars nightly fees. And that meant we could go to a Las Vegas Knights game. We went to Oh man, I can't even remember the. We did the, so many. We, we did like five of five different activities that week, or the, or those two weeks because, because we, had we had saved on the campground trails. You know, you, you talked about thousand trails, and I I think that uh, one of Patty's absolute joys in life is to around wow. the thousand trails and then get that. <laughs> receipt in the email that says uh, yeah, yeah. zero. Yeah, that's right. That's that is right. a beautiful yeah. email to receive. 
Um, it, and it, now, <laughs> and now we are working with, uh, and I don't know how, and we're going to talk about this. This is all new. We haven't talked about this before, but we do work with a rep with thousand trails and we're going to put a link mm. to our rep in the show notes today for thousand trails, because just a little piece of advice from full timers, don't go online and buy the Thousand Trails membership. There are always deals. There are always things going on. You really want to talk to a rep. The reps that we work with are not pushy. They're not salesy. They just kind of laid back and they will answer your questions very straight. So if you're thinking about Thousand Trails, go ahead down to that link below. Uh, you, you know, reach out to Jim and Brandy because I got to tell you that they're really, really good. Now, how did you guys buy your thousand trails membership? Well, I specifically remember where we were when we bought ours, we were at Court's aunt's uh, horse farm in Kentucky. And we realized, Oh man, campgrounds are way more expensive than we thought. What are we going to do? And she was walking her cats, her cats. She was walking her aunt's cat on a leash (laughs) And I was on the phone with a thousand trails rep and I said, we're going full time. We need a, we need a membership. What do we do? And so we, we purchased it over the phone like that and then started booking, you know, as soon as our membership went live. And it pays itself off so quickly yeah. because I think the number that you initially see can be overwhelming at first. But when you do the math and you budget it out, you're like, oh my gosh, this will pay for itself in two weeks. Like this, mm-hmm. this is crazy not to take advantage of this. Absolutely. And I don't do math, but I certainly do money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got on the phone to talk to Jim, the rep. He gave him all the information. I started thinking about it, dollars and cents. It is Thousand Trails is why we're able to be on the road full time, in all honesty. Now, we do go to campgrounds sometimes. We budget them in depending on where we go and what we're looking to do. And a lot of times, a lot of the Thousand Trails places, the things around the campground has just been amazing. And we talked about some of those places. We talked about how important the vibe of a place is when you go into those towns and the hidden gems we talked about. Talk about a couple of your favorite places. Sure. So oh first of all, Patty, I would like you to know, I feel the need to put that on a t-shirt now. I don't do math, but I do, I do money. money. Yeah. I feel like that should yeah. be my new mantra. I relate to that so much. Oh my gosh. Okay. So favorite hidden gems. I'm going to share mine. My number one favorite place we have visited in the entire United States is Mount Shasta in Northern California. And Mount Shasta is not a mountain. She is a dormant volcano. And she is, Patty's taking notes. She's like, we're going to go. We're going to go. It's so, you know, Patty, when you talk about like the vibe and the energy, we are very big believers in that. Um, And so there's just this energy in Mount Shasta that is absolutely incredible. And so that's probably my top. And then the other one would be Bisbee, Arizona. I knew that was going to be in there. Have you guys heard of Bisbee, Arizona? No. No. Oh, man. Okay. So we're going to need to do some Googling because it is (laughs) this cute, cute, tiny town where everyone walks everywhere. 
Beth has been to Europe. She said it feels like Europe. It definitely feels very European. And you are nestled in the mountains. Like everywhere you walk outside, it's just mountains everywhere. And so you literally will just walk through the town. You'll walk up, get some groceries to make breakfast from the little market, then go out for lunch. Then there's live music and there's art. And so those were the two that never would I have, I, I had never heard of those places. Right. And so one of the things is when you start RV life, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, you have to go here. You have to do this. Yeah. You have to go here. And we were like really trying to follow all of that. But to be totally honest, sometimes we would get to these recommendations and we're like, eh, okay. <laughs> like not oh, our, fine. not our yeah. vibe, but yeah. happy you love that for you. So we really, after the first two years, let go of that. Like we'll still take people's recommendations <laughs> And we'll say thank you so much. But then we research to see, is this an actual fit for us? Does this match our vibe? Because everyone's different and that's okay. And so that was another like stigma we had to break that we're like, oh my God, if we don't go to Sedona, we're like the worst humans in the world. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> I will say Bisbee was lovely, but I would never take our trailer there. We, we, we dropped in. Some people do. Some people yep. do. Yep. I personally, it is so steep there that they don't even have mailboxes at their actual houses that everyone has to come down to the post office yeah. because the mail trucks can't get through. So I'm just saying, if you want to see it, I personally prefer to stay in Benson, Arizona at a thousand and trails yeah. and drive into Bisbee. But they do have a campground and people, since we've recommended Bisbee, have stayed at the campground and they did love it. Okay. The last one I'll give as my hidden gem is... Paducah, Kentucky. Oh my gosh, I knew you were going to say that. Oh my gosh. We have gone back there twice and they have literally the kindest humans on the planet. The kindest humans, which when you hear Paducah for the first time, you're like, what? What's gonna like? What's this town about? Like, what's, what does that name that? mean? What's <laughs> happening here? And you're totally right. The people are so sweet. It's kind of similar to a Bisbee vibe. That it's like, very charming. Charming, like you're yeah. in a Hallmark movie. And they've got everything you possibly need. The downtown is adorable. They have farmers markets. We got there accidentally on the night of their uh, Halloween event called like Night of the Walking Dead or uh-huh. something, and we were like. Don't know what this is, but we got dressed up as an FBI agent in Carmen San Diego and jumped in right away. We dropped our trailer, grabbed our handcuffs, We're like let's go. <laughs> wow. Okay. You, you know, that, uh, that that those are some really great great places. Now, I, I have to say that uh, last year we had uh, a, an event that we were at up in Seattle at the Seattle RV Show, and as we were coming up from California going up through Mount Shasta. We were in our 40 foot class a diesel pusher and we passed you a couple times as we went over that hill there. You know, we are talking to Beth and court here on the RV life podcast, and we will be back right after this. When traveling in your RV, how do you navigate? Do you use a paper map, a GPS, Or do you use Google Maps? Our sponsor, RV Trip Wizard, has the solution. And it just works. It just works. And I got to tell you, the one thing that I would personally recommend to every single RVer, if you have a little van, if you've got a big Class A, if you've got one of those trailer things like they have, I got (laughs) to tell you, RV Trip Wizard is the 
thing. Absolutely. A thousand percent. The number one thing, that's what we tell everyone. We get so many DMs. How do we start? Where, like, How do you even start to put this lifestyle together? What do you need? What don't you need? And RV Life Pro is the number one essential. I cannot believe how affordable it is. No kidding. It's the best pay. money you'll ever spend. It really is. And, it's, and, and I don't know how we did it before RV Life Pro. I will tell you. I will tell you how painful. No, we did not do it. Yeah. I did it with seven tabs in browsers of all of our different memberships, yeah. all of our trying to plan the routes. And when I got RV Lake Pro and I could put the filters on for our memberships that we had, we could set certain drive distances, you know, all of that. I, I think I cried with relief, to be completely honest. I think I finally just started crying and said, this is so much easier. So totally worth it. It has saved our butts quite a few times. Uh, it has made things so much easier. We, I, I just don't know what we would do without it. And that's why we named our podcast, the RV Life Podcast. So, you know, you know, one of the questions we glossed over earlier is why RVing? What, what, what made you two not the normal demographic of the RV lifestyle. What made the two of you decide? I want to hear that conversation at your kitchen table. I want to hear that conversation. Let, let, let's buy an RV and go. Yeah. So I think the number one thing, which Beth touched on earlier was feeling really restricted, really restricted with the amount of vacation time we had, how we could use it. So if you think about that, say you have 10 PTO days for the year, paid time off, you're going to spend two or three of them getting to your destination, which leaves maybe two days left, or which means maybe two days there and then three days back. And so you've burned through all of your vacation time. And have you really had a quality visit? Have you really, you know, used the best time for that space? And then the other thing was we... Beth has traveled more than I have. I grew up in a very small town. Shout out Cadillac, Michigan, <laughs> if anyone knows what I'm talking about. And so I I felt like there was so much to see and there was so much to do. And I remember the conversation was, so we knew the demographic was primarily the retired community. And I remember saying to Beth, I don't want to wait till I'm retired. I don't, I want to still go hiking while my back functions and I can like catch my breath. I don't, it just didn't align or really make sense. Like this is how society lays it out. But then we were talking through it and we're like, why would you wait until the end of your life to see all of this amazing beauty, nature, get proximate to people, different cultures. And so it was one of those things where, you know, you've been taught it your whole life and you start to dissect it and you're like, wait, were, were we like, why can't we do this? Yeah. Now? Was this a gotcha? Like why, why are we yeah. doing it backwards? That's great. And I, if anybody hears anything that's been said on this or any podcast, I'd love that message. And when Dan and I started out, we said, you live life fully. You never know when it's going to end. And we've certainly started out in this life a little later than you guys. But you have to get out. A lot later than those guys. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you said it, not us. He said it. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but I, I, I agree. And I love that message to people. Go out, live life, 
do you do what works? Now, you did say the two of you are a married couple living on the road. How has that worked for you going into campgrounds being a same-sex couple? Well, Patty, I'm happy to report it actually hasn't been as big of a deal as we thought it might be. And that is something that has given us um, a lot of comfort and also a bit of a perspective shift. Mm -hmm. Because when you stay in one place in the country, you hear things about other places in the country, right? Like when we were out in California during, you know, the, the, the COVID restrictions, we had people DMing us like, is it like a police state there? Is it all locked down? And we're like, no. And they're like, well, I saw on the news. And we're like, that it's literally not like any, I mean, it's just like every other place. Or, you know, we were, when we went to Las Vegas, which you guys are very familiar with, you know, we got the DMs. They're like, be careful. Someone got stabbed right on the strip there. And like, and that's there's what all, I grew up with. Yeah. So coming from a very small town, there was a lot of the world is dangerous, like be careful. And I had a little bit of anxiety going to Vegas. And I was like, I'm not really sure how I feel about this. But then you helped reassure me. And then we got there. <laughs> and I remember we got to the strip and I go, wait. What? Yeah. Which of course, like dangerous things happen everywhere. But right. the, the point is that like, when we were in one place, we had a worldview that was from afar. Mm-hmm. And we were nervous that when we got to certain states, that we would be treated differently, that we'd be discriminated against, um, that, you know, we wouldn't be treated kindly. And it has been such a relief to say that we haven't encountered an issue anywhere. The only time that was we, we had, issue. we had one yeah. comment that was not kind. And you know what? The great thing about being in an RV, we're not going to see that guy ever again when yeah. we pull away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there was one time and it was very, it was, um, a little passive aggressive and it was kind of one of those things you didn't even realize it happened until after it happened. And at first I got really mad. And then I was like, you know what? This is no reflection on us. This is everything to do with him. That's his stuff to work through. Like I'm not going to let this ruin my day. And to Beth's point, like we have been humbled over and over and over because we all have implicit biases, right? Like you just, you have these biases and you think, you know, how someone's going to be that guy. I was like, yeah, you turned out to be exactly what I thought you were. (laughs) That guy fit. (laughs) But you, you start to storytell, right? We're so good at storytelling. And I think that's been the greatest piece of this lifestyle is we are constantly humbled. We're constantly reminded there are so many good people. A lot of people are really good out there. You, you, you know, when you tell that story and it really is something that Patty and I have noticed over and over and over again, the RV community, if like if, if, if you're there and I don't know, let's say that you're standing at your trailer and it pulls away and the thing isn't set right. So it falls down onto the ground. I don't know if that's ever hypothetically happened. Speaking, right? Hypothetically, hypothetically speaking, right? Hypothetically speaking. Right. I'm going to put a link right. to that video where that happened again <laughs> down in the notes. But um, so so I, I just think that in the RV life. People will come over and help. If you have the hood up on your, in our case, Jeep, in your case, a big red truck, it, it's it's like people come over. What's going on? Do you have a problem? Can I help you? Totally. As a community, I have to say that, that the RV community um, is so accepting of people everywhere they are, whenever they are. We just really, really 
appreciate that. I am absolutely shocked, though, that in almost three years of being on the road, you've only had one incident because Patty and I are a straight couple and we've had four or five. Maybe they're scared of us. Maybe yeah, like, who we're, knows? Just, we're not going to mess with that. Whatever yeah. that is. Okay. So, and so much great information here. Tell our audience what you suggest when people are starting out this RV life. And we've talked mostly about the full timer, but even people that want to go out, the some timers, um, where does somebody start with their RV life journey? Oh, man, I have so many thoughts in my head right now. Okay, number one, number one, the budget. The budget, oh, right? The budget, person. because the the number one quickest way for this lifestyle to become miserable is when you can't afford it because you're not paying attention to the cost. Can it be super expensive? You know, that's a that's a question that people ask us, right? Is is it is it cheaper to live in an RV than it is to live in a house? Well, that question is so hard to generally answer because you could be living, you could be asking if it's cheaper to live in an RV than a half a million dollar house. Yeah, sure. Unless you have a massive coach and you know, you've got a motorhome those are more expensive than the than the setup we chose, et cetera, et cetera. So there's so there are so many variables when it comes to your setup and the cost consideration. So the very first thing I would say is absolutely look at the budget, set budget, see what's realistic, stick within that, and that's going to make it very much so. <laughs> that's going to make it a lot less stressful when you get started. Well, and to also add on to that piece budget for things you don't know to budget for, right? So if you're not used to a nomadic lifestyle, your gas cost is going to go up, yeah. right? So instead of paying rent, you're paying campgrounds. You you really have to look at the pieces. You should, in my opinion, have an emergency budget, truck and trailer repair budget. So I think doing the forward thinking and say, okay, what are the expenses we currently have? But then what are things we know nothing about that could happen and could go wrong on the road? And then the other piece I would have, it's, it's not so much a, where do you start? It's a, what not to do, do not buy everything guys. Do not (laughs) go to someone's Amazon list. when they say, these are all the things you need. Not even ours. Don't even do it on ours. We have have a basic beginner category. Like these are the 10 things we think you need, whether you're full-timer or part-timer, but we bought all this stuff and we're like, Oh my gosh, like we need all of this because you get influenced, right? Like whether it's intentional or not, you're watching a YouTube video, you're making notes. And there was so much stuff we bought that we never used or we used maybe twice. And we continuously still get rid of stuff every month. Mm-hmm. And I guess to piggyback off of that, I personally would say, don't put your stuff in storage. Um, maybe keep a tote or some sentimental things, but really you can scan the sentimentals because every single person we have talked to, we sold and donated everything. We have one tote, but every person we have talked to has done our uh, full, every person we've talked to who got a storage unit that does full-time RVing, they go back a year later, clear it out, and they're pissed that they spent the money to store everything for a year. That's us. You, you know, that that is yeah. exactly what we did. I mean, exactly what we did. 
but I, I, I want to say that, you know, those things that you're talking about are very, very important. And I know you've done a video because I've been, you know, scoping you guys out or what do you call it? Spying on you or whatever it is. I've been, I've been spying on you. Talking. But the other big, big thing uh, is downsizing is really hard. You know, we, we moved from totally. a three, four, 5,000 square foot house. Uh, and we moved into, you know, less than 500 square feet is what we say. So I, I think the downsizing is something that you really need to think about as you're getting out on the road. Yeah. The one place, just the, the one little place that we've had just the littlest bit of problems <laughs> is Patty still has 30 some odd pair of shoes on the RV. I, I, I don't know. Oh, if wow. Know that's impressive. That's a common yeah. thing, actually. Yeah. I've heard I'm not giving up my shoes. And I said, yeah. you know what? You do you. <laughs> right. And I did find a hidden secret spot that he never would have noticed <laughs> had we not had to have a repair for all of the shoes fit. So, oh my gosh. She literally took that. a panel off underneath the washer and dryer. She took the panel off. And made it into yeah. a storage area for her shoes. So I, I, I mean, I, I'm that is being crafty. Yeah, I'm I am. Yeah, of, yes, I that's, am. Impressed. That's part of RV life is yeah. making the use of the totally. space you have, getting creative with storage. But you guys are completely right about the downsizing. We went through rounds and rounds and rounds yep. of downsizing, and it can be really tricky. And, but we've learned that yeah, it's more about experiences doing. over things. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Now, let's talk a little bit. We talked a lot about budgeting and how to cut costs, which you gave a lot of great ideas. But let's talk about how are you making money while you're on the road? Because the more money we make, the less we have to cut. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'll let you go first on that one. So I work for a company that helps other companies grow. And so I started out remote from the very beginning, uh, working with this company. I actually worked with this company. A friend of mine started it um, when I was 23. And it just so happened that the RV world is what connected us back because he also got a, a class A motorhome during COVID. And he said something along the lines of a very quick DM. I hadn't heard from him in 10 years. And he just sent a, a, a DM and said, nice rig. We got one too. Want to work here again? It's <laughs> like, well, yeah, sure. And so we happened to be going to where one of the, uh, the, the newest offices that they had opened was in Charleston. And he didn't know when he messaged me that the very next day we were going to Charleston. And he was like, oh my gosh, no way. Stop by the office, meet our people, et cetera. And then four days later, I was, I was working for uh, the company again. So, um, I, the, the, Easiest way to say uh, kind of what my role is, is I'm a director of growth plan management. Most people would understand it as project management. So I help make sure that what we promise to our clients is is delivered. Um, and it's it's pretty unique because we I work with clients all over the world. And so it sometimes does... Um, you know, play into where we're going to go, right? Because if I have a client whose time zone... Um, makes me have to get up at 3 a.m. if we want to go to California in that time zone, I'm probably not going to choose that for the winter, right? Like, <laughs> I'm probably going to line it up a little bit better. So anyway, that is a uh, that that's kind of a simplified way of what I do. You, you know, and you, you talked about it. And we've talked about this uh, a little while ago. Uh, 
in internet, when we live on the road the way we do, and you know, you guys having a YouTube channel, we have a YouTube channel and the podcast. Uh, Starlink has become a um, a necessity of life, and and I, I right now I don't know about you guys, and I know it's a little political, but I um, I feel like I'm taken advantage of because they've raised their rates twice in the last sixty days. Can I get another perspective of that? And because it's so much a part of our lifeline, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, Cor, we'll absolutely. Get you, we'll get to you in a minute, Cor, what you do. Okay. All right. We'll circle back. So um, I I would say we probably agree with you that it feels like they raise the prices without warning because they know they can, because they know it's a necessity. They know that it's in high demand. So we were pretty caught off guard when the, the rates went up and it wasn't like a you have 30 days to make a decision. It's like starting next billing cycle, you will be charged this. And quite honestly, from our Starlink experience, when we first got it, it was incredible. Like, absolutely. Super fast. The upload download speeds, amazing. We were like, oh my gosh, look at the TV load all the way without it cutting (laughs) in and out. We can watch a full show. But then as we migrated to the East Coast, uh, we started to notice that it wasn't as good as it started out as. And and I believe they said that's because the East Coast doesn't have enough satellites or it's oversaturated. Yeah, it's basically just getting saturated on both East Coast and West Coast at this point. Where we first started, where we first tried Starlink was in Siebert, Colorado. Amazing. It's literally the middle of nowhere. So (laughs) with no trees. And so, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, competition for the satellites. And, you know, they did give us a a couple month warning that the the rates were going to go up. Oh, I did not know that. So sorry. No, no, they didn't know it because I was... Yeah, I was raging for three months inside my inside my soul because, yeah, I feel like, you know, you've already invested $650 to get the satellite, right? And then, you know, at the time, 135 a month for us, honestly, we were paying $100 for one internet and then another 35 or 30 for truck internet, um, internet, you know, so we already were paying $130. And that's something to note that the internet costs on the road are going to be at least double or triple what you would expect to pay in a six and bricks. So just know that from a budgeting perspective, it will not, you will not get it under $100. And um, it will not be as reliable. Just yeah. point blank the internet you're used to at home, it will oftentimes not be that reliable and you have to learn to be patient and you have to be willing to do some weird stuff to get internet. I mean, not that weird. Not that weird, but but we we have driven, you know, uh, at 9 p.m. at night up to the top of a mountain because we had to upload our YouTube video or like we had a live with our behind the scenes members and I'm like, hey guys, coming to you from the Costco parking lot that I drove 20 minutes to get to. Yeah, yeah. So it, it can feel like Starlink is, you know, it seemed like like a really great solution. And now it seems like golden handcuffs a bit. Yeah. Golden handcuffs. That's a good way to put it. Yes, absolutely. And we went a little off track there, but it is yeah. a cost of being <laughs> the road working for sure. And it's things to consider. We've done all that, the Costco parking lot and all of that. Now, <laughs> totally. what, what is it you do? Cause you need the internet as well. 
I do need the internet. So I do nothing like what Beth does. My <laughs> role is very different. So when we went on the road full time, we I was working for a marketing company doing social media contracting. Um, so I was making money that way. But then we really decided to go all in on Life with Beth and Court, I believe two years ago. So that's when I really started posting content on multiple social media platforms consistently. Um, and, and that's a bit of a mindset shift, right? Because I've always been in a 99, because I've always been in a nine to five job, you do your work, you know, it's expected, you get a paycheck. And when you're a content creator, sometimes you're working more hours and it's crickets and nothing happens. And you're like, well, I guess I'll pat myself on the back. Right. Like, and so with content, so with content creation, it's more of a long game strategy. So there was a lot of time on the road where I was putting in the work and we were relying on best income to float us until we could get to the stage where we're bringing in money. So we are doing that now through Life with Beth and Court through a different way, through a few different ways. The main one I would say are partnerships. So that means partnering with other campgrounds. It means partnering with local businesses. So when we travel to an area, we will highlight an experience that we love doing and they will pay us to do that. I also do UGC content, which is user generated content. So sometimes it's making content for a different business. It has nothing to do with us. They just know I can edit well. So it's kind of like white labeling. I guess would be the best term of reference. And then we have money trickling in from our different social media channels. So we're part of creator funds and things like that. And then I also do social media coaching. So that would be the biggest piece of income I get after the partnership. So I coach businesses on how to grow their social media channels or individuals. And then we have some courses about how to make a daily vlog because that's how we produce our content now. So really through courses, coaching and partnerships, that's how I bring in the bulk of our income. Sounds to me like you use most of the uh, internet signal that you get as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, that's Zoom calls. There are some days where I'm like, I can literally not sit next to you anymore. This is like call six and I'm about to lose my mind. So my office, me is, too. My <laughs> office is the truck. And I'm like, I'm going to my office. But I think we both use a lot of internet. Yeah. We are talking to Beth and Court on the RV Life podcast. Now, will you guys stick around? I'm having so much fun with you guys. We do stick around for the live. We don't normally ask our guests to stick around, but we got some great questions of the week from some of our listeners uh, right after the break. And we will be back with Beth and Court and the RV Life podcast right after this. Does dropping your motor coach off at the truck stop full of semi-trailers for new tires give you nightmares? Eliminate the unknown and get your new motorhome tires mounted while you watch at your campsite or wherever you are parked. Motorhometires.com takes care of the entire process for you. We come to you with your new tires, mount them at balance speeds, and we even dispose of your old tires. With MotorHomeTires.com, you'll also enjoy great prices and new tires with guaranteed fresh date codes and enjoy sweet dreams instead of truck stop nightmares with your friends at MotorHomeTires.com. Protecting your RV investment means being ready for anything. An extended RV warranty from Wholesale Warranties is the best way to make sure that if an RV failure happens, you can afford to get back to enjoying the RV life as soon as possible. 
vehicle. RV warranties are available for motorhomes, fifth wheels, and travel trailers, new and used, across the U.S. Visit WholesaleWarranties.com for a free personalized RV warranty quote today and hit the road with peace of mind tomorrow. Hit the road with peace of mind tomorrow. You know, we are talking with Beth and Court of BethandCourt.com. You know, it was just incredible meeting these people. You know, I I, kind of feel like they might have been stalking us for a while because one of the terms that they (laughs) the journey. And if you notice over on our YouTube channel at Exploring Through Our Lens, Every video we do ends with enjoy the journey. So let's uh, talk real quick about enjoying the journey. Well, I would like to say that we weren't stalking, but (laughs) I would say we're kindred spirits. That's a a better way to put it. Just to clarify, no one is stalking. And and Dan, I did think of it. Yeah, Dan, I did think of a way that you could say it earlier as well that you were doing due diligence rather than stalking. So yes, Um, yeah. So a lot of you know what this lifestyle is is learning to let go and enjoy getting there, not just there. Mm -hmm. And so for me, uh, my my literal profession is planning and thinking ahead and figuring things out and having everything planned down to a T. And what you find in the RV lifestyle is it just doesn't go that way. No matter how much you try to plan, sometimes you just have to make pivots. And sometimes they're big, sometimes they're small. And in my past life, I would say that that would stress me out a lot. And I wouldn't be enjoying it, right? I would, my, I would be caught up in this isn't how it was supposed to go. You and chilled out so much. I am so chill now. Point. You're so I am, chill now. I am very fun. Um, so, <laughs> so, so yeah, that, I mean, like that's, that's really like part of this experience is learning to calm down and realize like the things that you thought were a big deal, they're really just not a big deal as long as you make the most of, you know, the journey along the way. And it really teaches you to be present, right? So, so often I think in society, it's like, okay, then I have to do this, then I have to do this. And you're constantly just moving from thing to thing. And this lifestyle really makes you slow down. And so, you know, kind of going back to the national parks, it's like, yes, that would be super cool. But I think it's also really important to find the appreciation and gratitude in just the everyday things, you know, sitting outside, maybe you're in the middle of nowhere, like we are right now. So there's not a round to go do, but then we're able to recenter and be present and sit outside and appreciate a bonfire or just that we have beautiful trees all the way around us. So really, it's not about rushing to the destination. It's enjoying the journey and also being really present and knowing that you can appreciate the small things within the lifestyle as well. Yes, we are definitely kindred spirits because you're saying everything <clears throat> what Ben and I learned, what we speak about when we speak. Absolutely. And I hope our listeners are really paying attention. Wait, wait, wait. Let me let me just jump in, Patty, because I'm <laughs> I'm I'm gonna look at, at Patty and I'm gonna look at court for a second. You guys are both <laughs> the social media experts and you talk about being present. Um Let's talk about for one second, how do you be present when you have to be on the darn phone for 17 hours a day? That is such a good question. 
Yeah. <laughs> and when Dan jumps in, I know he's like, let me just come in for a minute. I know it's going to be a good question that's going to put us on the spot. So it is so easy, so easy to be absorbed in your phone all the time, especially like you said, for Patty and I, when we're doing social media, a, a huge part of social media, I don't think people realize is building relationships and connections. And so, you know, Beth might be talking face to face on Zoom with people all day, but I'm talking to them in the DMs all day, right? Or I'm emailing. And so for me personally, I have to set phone boundaries. Otherwise, I will just be consumed all of the time. And one of the best things I did for myself, so I am on a 84 day streak of not checking social media within the first hour of waking up. I have actually blocked all of the social media apps on my phone. They go into silent mode and it has been so good for my mental health. And I think once I gave myself permission to not only detach in that way, but you know, all, all of the experts air quotes will be like, you have to respond to 10 people a day and you have to like DM all these people or you're going to suck and your channel's not going to work. And I had to let go of that narrative and say, I'm going to post, I mean, still check your insight times. That's a good, that's a good (laughs) thing to do, but I'm not going to be attached to this thing. If it performs well, great. If it doesn't, that's okay. And so for me, it it honestly took about two and a half years to get to that point because I would sit at the computer and cry about Instagram. Why don't we have enough followers? Why aren't people liking our stuff? Oh my gosh, people are going to think we're so lame. And it was so toxic for my mental health. And so once I started setting social media boundaries and taking a step back and finding a way to address the negative comments. That's part of it too. We don't get that many, but we do get some, you know, everyone has to find a style that works for them. That's not, my thing is you don't get to take my peace. Like I, I'm not letting this social media app, my phone, this person who said something nasty, you don't get to take that away from me because I don't give you permission to. It took me a long time to learn this. And, you know, again, people listening, no matter what you do, even though it is your job and it's my job, it's part of what we do. There are times and places. There are certain times of the day I'm on and I'm present with that or I'm present with what I'm doing. So that is great advice. But now we're going to hear the RV Life Pro Tip. New RV Life TripWizard customers are often surprised to see how many campgrounds are displayed on the map. To help narrow the selection of which campgrounds to add to your trip, use the filters feature built into the research menu. You can filter based on your preference of park type, rating, reviews, hookups, amenities, price, and club memberships, just to name a few. Virtually every part of the RV lifestyle can be identified and filtered to show you the campgrounds, RV parks, state parks, and more that are important to you. You'll find much of the same filtering available on the RV Life Pro mobile app as well for those spur-of-the-moment journeys. Create your best RV trip with the best filtering available. I'm Pat Buchanan with your RV Life Pro Tip of the Week. Thank you, Patrick Buchanan. I'll tell you, we've been using RV Life for almost three years now, and the RV Trip Wizard app Every time Patrick tells us a pro tip, we learn something new. And that tip was awesome. How about you guys? Do you use RV Life? 
all the time. And that tip that he just gave is one of the uh, the funny fights that we have when we book campgrounds. We take turns uh, depending on what leg of the trip we're on. And the way that I use the filters is you know, we don't know the areas of the country we're going to. And so what I like to do is filter out by where there's a Costco, because you can. So I, I filter out where there's a Costco. And then I look for campgrounds that are in our memberships around the Costco. Court thinks it's silly. I think it's brilliant. Patrick should add that into the ad and buy Costco. And buy Costco. That's right. And we do plan trips oh, very oh. differently. Yeah, we do plan trips very differently, but the commonality is we both use RV Life Trip Wizard that I will never go back to planning no. with anything outside of that. So we might get there in different ways, but we do. <laughs> but we, we do both use, use it, it together. It, it, it's funny, you know, we, we were giving a lecture about RV Life Trip Wizard. And one of the things I wanted to make a point. So I went into a 7 Eleven at a gas station and I said, Do you have any maps? And I, I literally had to go to 10 gas stations before I could even buy a paper map anymore. <laughs> you just couldn't yep. find it. So I, I got to ask one question. We're, we're at the point of the show where it, it, it's called the general conversation point of the show. And, and since you just brought it up, what's your favorite, 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 you said it, uh-huh, product at Costco? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to say the nugs. The nuggies. Yeah. The chicken nuggets that are gluten free and they they're frozen, which seems to travel well for us. I really love the chicken nuggets and the sweet potato fries. I will literally eat them every single day for lunch and never tire of it. I don't know how. We have to rotate some vegetables in. (laughs) I I prefer the frozen vegetables from Costco. And it's so funny because when you have an RV-sized refrigerator and freezer, you have to be so strategic. Like, okay, at this Costco trip, we can get chips because we can just throw those in the back of the truck, but we can't get this many frozen things. And so it's a whole strategy. But when we are not by a Costco, we get sad. Because it saves us money. I, I will go just to browse Costco. Oh my gosh! Don't get me started. It's a good Friday night for me with her in the fun aisle. This is Dan. This is yeah. Dan. Um, so Court yeah. and when, we, when the four of us get together, we meet. Yeah. Dan and Beth will go to Costco, and Court and I will just sit back <laughs> and, and, and eat or something. Because yeah, yeah, that's that's not right. Meet you at mind. Costco, guys. Meet you at Costco. I'm 100 on board for that. <laughs> yeah. Now that that was not the question that was supposed to be in the general conversation here. The real question is, how do you guys figure out where you're going to go? Now this might be the number one question that we get asked all the time. How do you decide totally. where you're going to go next? So for us, it's largely uh, determined by weather. So um, I hate the cold with the fire of a thousand flames. I hate it so bad. And we're from Michigan. So we grew up in cold, cold, cold. And we only got like, what, a month and a half of actual nice warm weather. And so with this RV lifestyle, one of the things, one of our goals was to chase the sun. And so if we know that winter is coming, we know that we need to get somewhere warm that we can, that we can, um, I was going to say hibernate, but it's the opposite. It should be warm enough that we don't have to hibernate. Um, And so sometimes that means, you know, one year it was California and that meant we traveled very quickly across the country. Um, One year it was Florida. One year it was Georgia. 
Um, so for us, when we're determining, um, it seems crazy because it's like, well, yeah, but that's only one part of the year. But when you know that you're traveling thousands of miles and you don't want to be traveling every three days, if you want to take your time and spend a month in an area to really get to know that area, then you kind of do need to know where you're going in six months. And so we kind of talk about like, where do we want to be in the winter? Okay, great. Now that we know that, where's our starting point? And what do we want to hit along the way? And I would say the other thing that is a huge determining factor for us is weather, because we don't want to be in some of these places during, for instance, hurricane season or tornado season, which we accidentally walked into in Kentucky recently. And that was really scary. It was and not a good time. When you, when you do not know the weather around you, other than in Michigan, we get snow. That's it. it. Like we can teach you how to drive in snow, how to salt things. But we, we were up against, we took shelter twice for tornadoes and it became very real. So weather, and then I would say the third thing is family and friends. So yeah. this was why we did it, right? We have family and friends all across across the country. So we're selfish and we choose weather first. And we also include fall. Fall is my favorite. Yep. So where do we want to see the leaves? And then we look at weather and then we look at family and friends and like if someone's getting married, if there's events, the events. going on. Yeah. 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 That's how we do that it. Is- Again, exactly the way we do it. I grew up in Philadelphia. I know snow. I know how to drive in it. I hate it. So we choose yeah. weather <laughs> and family and events. We have five kids and nine grandkids. So oh, we're wow. we're right there with you. Yes, yes. How have we not seen each Whoa, other? Wait a minute. That <laughs> horn means it's time for our question of the week. And this week, it's going to come from... You know, Court, this is just for you. It's going to come from our social media channel. <laughs> Ooh, all <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So just to plug our social media channel, if you have a question for us, go to RV Life Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Ask a question. Let us know your thoughts. Share with us there. This question came from Jennifer Kay. She is full time and right now in Alabama. And she said, are there websites or apps that could get you discounts on national parks or the big attractions? Ooh. Question. Good question, Ooh. Jennifer. Thank you. Probably. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put Court on the spot and say, Court, you go first on this one. We're all going to going to kind of pitch in a little bit, but Court, you go first on that Robin. Okay, so we do not know of any that we personally use because like we said earlier, we don't really do national parks. Um, But one of the things I do, if we are getting close to a location, so say you had a national park in mind, we will follow their social media channels because sometimes they will do promo codes or they'll have certain events or they'll, they'll run a campaign. Or honestly, the most effective strategy is I put it on an Instagram story with a question box. And I say, Hey, guys, we're really interested in checking this out. We know nothing about it. And the amount of intel we get is absolutely off the charts, because it's not just RV accounts pitching in. There are people who have just traveled in general, and they have gone there. So those are the two biggest strategies is like, once I know where we're going, um, I'm trying to think of like a big attraction. Okay, so in Colorado, we did a cog, cog, cog train, cog train, Google it. We didn't know what that was, but it's basically a cog train that takes you all the way up to the top of the mountain and then comes all the way back down. Highly recommend, by the way. And the tickets were 
really, really, really expensive. And so that's something I wish in retrospect, we would have gone back because I checked their social media after I posted about it. And they had a promo for like $20 off if we would have gone two days later. So that's the strategy we use is as soon as we know we're going somewhere, we kind of stalk their social. We're using stock again. Uh, We stalk their social and then we just ask. Yeah, we ask our audience, like, what do you know about this? And we get so much good information that way. And we can often get a discount. That is a great uh, suggestion. It's really great. And I do that as well, too. One of the things that people ask us and talk about a lot is going to Disney World. And so for us, we love Disney World. It's just our thing. And we've looked at annual passes. Now that pays if you're going to be in the park for four more days. Um, So we're looking at Disney annual park passes for Dan and I, because we are residents of Florida. Um, It's going to be, you know, a, a little different. So you have to check out, they have four different annual passes. So the big, when you say big attraction, that's the biggest one for me. Okay. So Beth, what do you have? Yeah, I think there's actually, um, this is, (laughs) I have to Google some of this, but I think there's actually a national park pass. I think we were offered that because now that I was thinking back through it very hard, I think we did go to one because isn't Badlands considered a national park? is the Badlands National Park? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. We beat you guys. Okay. (laughs) We're one and oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, they offered us a a national park pass. And because, like we said, we don't typically hit them, we decline. But um, we do know that they offer national park passes. Um, There's also state level park passes as well. I know those aren't national parks, but for state parks, we're from Michigan, like we said. So, we have a lot of state parks and they're very beautiful. They're on the water. We've got all those lakes up there um and you can get a an annual pass that lets you into all of the state parks and it saves you tons of money they, they well, really us. do and you know, beth you took my uh you took my answer we we, we rehearsed this I'm before so the show i'm so sorry i answer. forgot i'm so sorry yeah the, the uh the best part about it, it, it's called the America the Beautiful Pass, and there are several passes out there for the American. Now, personally, I got the old guy pass, so that means I bought it for like $65 or something like that, and it's for the rest of my life. So I can go into oh, any wow. national park, and I can take all of you guys with me for the rest of my life. Now, they also have annual passes so like people like you can go out and for less than a hundred dollars buy an annual pass if you're going to go to a bunch of them now they also have a thing called the fourth grade pass patty why don't you talk about that because you know that teacher's pass thing is really cool and it's not just for the fourth grader it's for the the fourth graders entire family So like you, Court, I was a teacher. I taught high school. um, And that just was interesting. If you're if you have a student in fourth grade, you can get a pass actually for free. And that's for the whole family. So fourth grade curriculum. Yeah. And I think not enough people know about that. So I really want to put that out there. And and like I said, it's for the whole family. So that's awesome. Makes you want to go back. That's incredible. 
Yeah, what's so special so, about fourth so grade? Either, That's exciting. We either need a fourth grader or we need to road trip with Dan and Patty. I vote, I, vote, I vote road trip it, with Dan and Patty. Yeah, fourth grader may not want to do that. But, but I think because the curriculum for fourth grade has Got to do it. with parks and that kind of thing, I think it should be offered for all elementary school kids and their families, but that's totally. just me. Agree. No, I will Agreed. tell you That's this. Really cool. The RV Life podcast is normally between 40 and 60 minutes, and we're already over 60 minutes. Uh, you guys have just been the best guest that we have had so far. We've had some big people on this You're, show, but we love them. You might be offending some people. Oh, man. <laughs> we're so excited the, by that title, the, Dan. The Thank you so much. The performers and the people pleasers in us love that we, we so much. For this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, before this, my favorite guest was the president of Newmar Corporation, Casey, but Casey, uh, you, you moved into the second spot for me right there because <laughs> Beth and Court, you know, if you are not watching their YouTube videos, I, I, I don't know what to say. Just uh, you, you need to get on the program and watch their YouTube videos. And they're really trying to get their watch time up. So don't just watch them once. Watch them twice. You yes, know, watch please. it once and go back and watch it again uh, because there's some great stuff. We're going to put a link to their YouTube channel, to their website, to uh, their, what, what is it called? Budget? You need a budget, damn it. Oh, what is that called? You need a budget. Yeah. You need well, a budget. Basically <laughs> that without the damn it. But I do like the damn it. Yeah. You need a budget. So yeah. I will put all the information in the show notes so people have all of that information. So we just want to thank uh, you guys for being with us. Uh, I know that you're going to be at a family member's house, so we need a, an, a, an address for you because everybody that's on the show. Oh, gets my gosh. And we're going to ship one out to you later on this two week. Two of so, them. There's two of them. Oh, no, we're only going to even one. No, we're giving them two. <laughs> oh, we're not, we're not Dan, good at sharing. Don't make a share, Dan. That's no. not going to no. go well at no. all. I do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it has really been a pleasure to have you on the show. We really, really, really appreciate you guys. Now, you are listening to the RV Life Podcast. I'm Dan Hunt with my incredible wife, Patty Hunt, saying have a great rest of today and an even better day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>